Welcome to the Career Optimum Podcast. Glad you could be here. I'm your host, Joe Rosenlich, a career coach based in the Washington, D.C. area. And in this episode, we'll continue on the topic of work flexibility and work-life balance in the age of COVID. Um, and today we're going to hear more about the employer perspective um, about this very hot button issue. And I have the Great good fortune to have a friend and former colleague with me, Beth Mueller, who is going to give her perspective on this topic. And so before we dive right in, I'm going to uh, have Beth introduce herself. Beth, do you want to say hello to our listeners? Sure. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course. Um, yeah, so as you mentioned, we are former colleagues from our days at Bloomberg. Uh, that seems like a very long time ago. <laughs> it does. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I got my start. I spent many years at Bloomberg, uh, both in New Jersey and in San Francisco. Um, I spent 10 years working in San Francisco after I left Bloomberg in portfolio management. Um, so primarily fixed income money management. And um, about 10 years into that, I was working for a hedge fund that used an administrator back in New Jersey. And uh, when our fund was winding down, our administrator in New Jersey asked if I might be interested in joining their team. And that was how I was introduced to fund administration, which is what I've been doing now for the last um, almost 15 years. So, um, so I, I did probably seven years or so with AIS Fund Administration in North Jersey. And um, then we were acquired by US Bank Corp Fund Services. And a few years after that, I left to start my own fund administration firm, uh, which is called Socium Fund Services. And we're located in Short Hills, New Jersey. Great. So, and I, I'll just mention that um... Besides having the good fortune of having Beth here today, I had the good fortune to work with her for several years at Bloomberg. And before we started recording today, we kind of reminisced and shared some interesting stories from days past. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that could be a podcast in itself, but- um, Absolutely. <laughs> good times. But we never, we never tire of, of reminiscing about the good old days. So thanks again for being here today, Beth. And uh, yeah, so why don't we dive right in with our first question. So um, when the pande pandemic started and we were all in quarantine, what challenges did your company face? And then what, on the flip side, what opportunities arose for you and then also any surprises that you encountered? Sure. Um, well, when the pandemic started, um, we, so our firm, um, 
our firm operates in a completely virtual environment, uh, even when we're in the office. So all of the work that we do is done by logging into a virtual desktop. That's how we keep our data secure. And it's part of our disaster recovery and business continuity plan is that because all the work that we do is done remotely, again, even when we're in the office, we're still logging into a remote desktop. Mm -hmm. um, so because we already were operating that way, it was very easy for us to pivot and say, you know, okay, everyone starting Monday, <laughs> um, we're gonna work from home. And, um, and that is our business continuity plan. And so we thought, okay, well, this is a good opportunity for us to test out this, you know, this plan. And, and we ex fully expected that um, everyone would just start working on Monday from home and, you know, that there would be, you know, no hiccups, basically. And I would say that um, that was true for the most part. So we all already had a full setup um, at home that's the same as what we have in our office. We all had monitors, docking stations, our laptops. Um, a lot of us were taking them back and forth between home and the office even before the pandemic. Um, but so I think that the what was surprising <laughs> was that there there was it was just a communication thing um you know really just um you don't I think for me I didn't realize necessarily how much communication um really happens we do have an open floor plan um you know but everyone has their own work that is assigned to them and so for the most part we're all just doing our own thing throughout the day um you know taking care of whatever clients we're assigned and so you you wouldn't think that it would matter whether you were all sitting together or you were all at home <laughs> um but there are just little things like you know oh i can't get into this system today is you know is anyone else having trouble getting in mm -hmm. um and so what we just we became you know a thousand times more reliant on this uh group chat feature that we, you know, really up until that point, we had tried to implement some sort of a group chat, uh, you know, that we would all have access to and so that you could send a blast out to everybody at once. Because um, some people were working from home even before the pandemic, but it never really took off mm -hmm. <laughs> this the chat. Um, until the pandemic. And then all of a sudden, you know, really everybody, everybody wanted to have a way to just kind of pop your head up and say, hey, is this happening with you? Um, and so, you know, so that was, that was interesting. And now that we have started it, it's been interesting. I know we'll probably talk later about, you know, how are things going since you're back. But it was funny, because my first day, we are back in the office and my first day back, um, somebody chatted with me something that they easily could have just mm. said out loud and I would, <laughs> I would have heard right. them you know like oh the reports are ready for your review but he was so accustomed to sending me that in a chat oh, yeah. since we were both working from home right <laughs> and it was pretty you know I had to laugh so I thought that was pretty funny so, so um so your employees so yeah um, I would say just communication yeah. you know just being able to communicate effectively um was probably the biggest challenge in the beginning. Okay. But it's, it sounds like 
all the employees kind of adjusted pretty quickly and just were very resilient to a changing situation. It was just like getting used to new kind of platforms and just new way, new mechanisms, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Actually getting the work done was fine. Um, They're really, that was no different. Um, It didn't matter, really didn't seem to matter, you know, after the, with it really that really starting from day one, there were no, everybody just did their work from home and it was fine. It really wasn't noticeable that there were any drawbacks to it until, Mm -hmm. you know, a few days or a few weeks went by. And then, and then you, you just started to realize that, you know, wow, we, actually he didn't know about that oh that's because we nobody told him (laughs) you know and um and certainly had we all been sitting in the same space that that type of communication wouldn't be a problem at all right um, because you know everybody just hears it so yeah yeah for us so I, i should also mention um for those listeners that don't know i'm a uh, career coach also at the GW School of Business, and we went into quarantine March of 2020, like a lot of a lot of you all did. Um, and it was similar, Beth, uh, to your situation where it was a it was a pretty pretty smooth transition. It was just getting used to kind of a new way of doing things, um, and the and the communication piece where we're just you know making sure everyone was on the same page and had all the, you know, pertinent information that they needed. Um, and I think it, it also created some opportunities for us. It, it um, allowed us to reach more students um, oh. that, who are, you know, because of lockdown were in very, you know, sometimes remote parts of the world. So we, we had the opportunity to reach those students virtually um, at maybe, you know, outside of regular business hours. Um, but we, we remained agile and flexible enough to make sure we met their needs. So that opened up an opportunity to sort of see students um, outside of our core hours and to hold career events where, um, you know, attendees didn't have to drive to campus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They can just log on to Zoom wherever they were. Um, We didn't have to reserve rooms that had, you know, limited capacity, Um, you know, physical space. We could just say, come to the Zoom room and where the the capacity is like whatever, 100 or plus, whatever. So it really opened up a lot more flexibility for us. And we, we found ourselves being more productive overall. Um, versus being in the office. Um, and of course, that that lack of commute. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think everyone embraced that because, you know, and it's not only about productivity. You know, some people use that that time to do more work, but also but some people, including myself, you know, on certain days looked after, you know, did some meditation or, some physical exercise, took a walk, whatever, just to get the day off to on a positive note, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that can't be that can't be um, underestimated enough. Um, that has that's a really important part of 
you know, what we went through and what I think what people are looking for now is to retain some element of, of self-care that they can have the time to do that. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, it, it seems like so long ago, but um, I mean, it was scary. It was really stressful in the beginning. Um, and, you know, it's, it feels so much so much lighter now, <laughs> you know, we're kind right. of, so many people are vaccinated and, um, you know, the, the new cases have dropped so significantly and although they are back on the rise again a bit, but, yeah. um, you know, so, but yeah, certainly today versus a year and a half ago, it's like night and day. And it was, it was really just so, um, emotionally draining to have that in the back of your mind, like, you know, that it's dangerous to leave the house right now. It's dangerous to go to the grocery store. It's, you know, and um, I agree. It was just, uh, it was important. I, I, I do remember that I would, I would go for a walk, you know, for, even if it was just for 15 minutes in the afternoon, just to sort of clear my head and, you know, not, be in front of a computer or news <laughs> of any kind, um, you know, just take the dog for a walk for a little bit. And it, it definitely helped, um, you know, helped me to keep my, my sanity. <laughs> yeah. And I not think, get too freaked out. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think companies are really going to have to pay attention to the mental health aspect of their employees going forward. It's, you know, something that, you know, the, the pandemic, it just sort of highlighted, you know, it, it's, I think it's been an issue for a while, but the pandemic just highlighted it for all of us. Mm -hmm. That's, it's an important thing to, to pay attention to. Well, that, that segues nicely into our next question about work-life balance. So what things have you done or what things did you do to make sure your work-life balance was in balance <laughs> during the pandemic. Oh, oh, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am probably, um, I am not a very good example when it comes to work-life balance. <laughs> um, I, it's something that I struggle with. I've, I've, always struggled with it throughout my career. Um, I just really, it's, I really have a hard time creating boundaries um, around uh, my work. And it's part of the reason that I started my own business was that throughout my career, I always found myself working um, more than most of the people who I've worked with. <laughs> and, um, and in so many, so many companies, I'm, you know, I'm in the financial industry and so many companies um, encourage it and reward it. And, um, you know, I think that my, all the work that I did, um, and frankly, my lack of work life balance <laughs> um, has contributed positively to the success that I've had in my career. Um, I mean, I can't discount that, but as I get older, I realize that um, it, it, I'm just more aware of 
how much time I spend working and, um, and, you know, in my last job, I thought there, there were definitely times when I thought to myself, um, you know, who am I accruing these benefits for of all the work that I'm doing? And so, um, so it did play a part in my decision to start my own company because I felt like if I, if I'm not going to be able to create healthy boundaries around how much work that I'm doing, then at least I should make sure that I'm reaping, you know, the most, the most financial reward for it that I possibly can. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so <laughs> I'm probably not the best person to talk to as far as work-life balance, but I will say that, um, one of the things uh, for me, as far as working from home, first of all, what it highlighted for me was, uh, it was an overwhelming feeling to realize how little time I had been spending at home before. It was so drastic for me to be in my house, you know, all day, all every day. <laughs> and um, you know, to see neighbors who I never would see. I mean, normally before the pandemic, I would, and generally throughout my career, I would, you know, leave the house around sometime before, around eight o'clock, if not before. And I would usually get home around eight o'clock, mm -hmm. um, you know, sometime between seven and eight. So, um, you know, and that included my commute. Um, but that's a, that's a long time to not be home. <laughs> and, and I realized I really, wow, this is my house. I really like it here. <laughs> you know, I really enjoy, I really enjoy seeing my dog throughout the day and just, it's so comforting. She would come in, you know, tap, tap, tap across the floor. I say, hello. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, when I would stop to have a little lunch break, I could throw the ball for her in the afternoon. Um, you know, sometimes I would get to have lunch with my husband. He was also home during the day. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really lucky as far as just, we happen to have a fair amount of space. Mm -hmm. So, and we don't have kids. Um, so I really, it, it was a very conducive place for me to be working. Um, so, you know, so that, that worked in my favor for sure. And, and geez, I mean, compared to so many of the stories that, you know, were on the news constantly about people who couldn't work. And, uh, you know, I really just felt so incredibly blessed and grateful that I still had a job that our company was thriving and that I was able to continue working. And then on top of all that, that I actually did have a a, a good working environment to be working from home, you know, in that was all pretty amazing. Um, yeah. So, so I, it's hard to say whether my work-life balance was better or worse from home, because frankly, I've worked more hours working from home. So from that perspective, it, it was worse. <laughs> um, there were many, many nights when I was working from home that I, well, I'd get up in the morning and we were really busy too. So I remember there were days when I would be logged in before 7 a.m. And I, at the time, actually, it's a whole other side story, but our kitchen was in the middle of a renovation. So my office space had been moved very close to the bedroom. And so I would basically shuffle from my bed to the desk and be logged in before I did anything else. 
um, before I even came downstairs to try to make breakfast. <laughs> um, so that's, if that's not bad work-life balance, I don't know what is to go straight <laughs> from the bed to the desk. Um, but, but, and then, and then I would work all day, you know, maybe take a break for lunch or dinner or whatever, but I'd still be logged in sometimes at like 11 o'clock at night. And um, just because there it was, I was home and there was the computer and there were things that needed to be done. And so I would just be doing them. Um, however, throughout the day, I, I had really nice, you know, breaks that I wouldn't have had otherwise if I had been working in the, in the office. And so just having, you know, interaction with my husband throughout the day and my dog and being able to just take a, you know, 15 minute walk around the block um, and get to know some of my neighbors who, even though we had lived in this house for 10 years, there were people who I never saw, who I only got to know during the pandemic. <laughs> um, so I would say pound for pound, I probably worked more when I was working from home, mm -hmm. but it didn't feel as, um, it didn't, not even taxing is not the right word, but it didn't feel as, um, it didn't feel like it detracted so much from my well being because I was able to work in things throughout the day that made it all really enjoyable. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a two-sided coin for a lot of people. And it was for me, especially in the beginning, back last spring, um, because like you said, you know, your laptop is there and you like, you can just sort of go from room to, oh, let me just hang out on the couch and watch some TV and do some work at the same time. And like in the beginning, it was pretty cool to do that, to have that freedom. But then I soon realized like it's it's not good because <laughs> you're blurring the lines between home and work. And mm -hmm. so what I did was I I just committed to like a dedicated workspace. And that's where 95% of the time I'm able to stick to it. I just stay at the desk and I work. Mm -hmm. And that sort of creates a psychological boundary for me between work and off time. Um, but I will say in the beginning, it was like, oh, well, you know, let me just hang out. Um, just even like at the dining room table, it's like, no, that's no good <laughs> because that's where you eat. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's where right. you eat. That's where you, that's not where you work. Right. Right. Now, of course, a lot of people don't have, I can, I'm very grateful to have the options to go. <laughs> to be able to work in different rooms. A lot of people didn't have that option yeah. due to, you know, whatever, you know, their family situations where maybe they had kids and they were homeschooling or whatever the case might be. And they were multitasking and they had, they were, you know, their choices were limited. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to complain about that too much. Um, because I know, like you said, you know, you, you were very grateful to have, you know, a, a situation where you could just, you know, have have quiet time to do work and then just kind of play with the dog for 30 minutes or take a walk or, you know, to have those options. I think, you know, 
above all else, I'm, and I'm sure you are very grateful for that. Um, we also bought a Peloton bike. So, oh, that's interesting. My partner, he bought a Peloton during the pandemic too. Yeah. Yeah, He loves it. And (laughs) a little plug for Peloton there. (laughs) Right. Well, any, any home gym, right. But I quit my gym membership and I really have no intention of rejoining. I think that's one of the shifts for me kind of coming out of all of it is like one of the, one of the shifts in my thinking is like, I don't need to go to a gym. Mm -hmm. I, I get the workout I need at home and I can do at any time. So, yeah, so it's things like that. Um, so I think everyone has, the, has challenges, but I think, I think everyone probably has, can identify at least one opportunity that came out of all of this in terms of work-life balance, which they're not, you know, very eager to give up. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes, yes, no, I, I, yeah, I really, so for our firm and we're back in the office um, full time now, and I really do miss um, just seeing my husband throughout the day and and seeing my dog throughout the day. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard. <laughs> it's been hard to go back. Yeah, it's an adjustment. Um, it is an adjustment. Yes, yeah. I mean it's great, you know, seeing everybody, you know, back in the office again too. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I miss it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people do, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so a lot, and a lot of companies now are sort of crafting a hybrid work policy mm-hmm. um, because like A, they see the benefits of at least some work from home, some of the they can leverage some of the technology and, and et cetera. And employees on the other, they're demanding it or they're you know, being vocal about wanting some, some, some of that to continue. So companies I think now are faced with like, we need to come up with a policy uh, for hybrid, hybrid work. So what advice would you give organizations that are sort of in that process? Like, what they should pay attention to and things that will help create a successful policy for not only the employer, but also for the employee. Yeah, I think that if you are, if a company is going to allow people um, to work from home, then I think you have to be very deliberate about how communication is going to take place. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned, that was one of the things in the beginning for us, when everybody was working from home, that we felt like we had to be more deliberate in the way that we were communicating and, um, you know, start having a weekly call with everybody on it so that everyone can be on the same page as far as what are the deliverables that need to go out that week and who's handling them and, you know, how is everyone's workload you know, this week and does anyone need help with anything? So, um, so I think that there are 
adjustments that need to be made and, you know, thought about um, to make sure that everyone can be as productive as possible if mm-hmm. everyone's not going to be working together. Um, also for us, I would say one of the things that we realized since, since that whole work from home period went on for so long, um, we needed to hire during that period. And we, so, I mean, gratefully, so our, we were very lucky that our company continued to thrive and we needed to bring on new people and training them, training someone uh, to do the, the work that we do in a remote environment was, that was definitely a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we learned from that is that it, it's, we decided, you know, after we, maybe a person or two, we realized actually, if we're going to hire someone, then even though we're still working remotely in the very beginning, when that person starts, we need to have like two people, just a one-on-one with the new hire. We'll, we'll, we'll wear masks. We'll be safe about it. You know, we'll take all the precautions that we can, but we really did think it was important for there to be some in-person training. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, you know, and so now that we are all back in the office, I think, um, I think it's just going to be for, for our firm, at least the reason that we were able to pivot so well at the beginning of the pandemic was because everyone who was working with us at the time was already a hundred percent up and running and fully knowledgeable in how to do their job. So to just do it from work or from home instead of in the office was, it was a Mm -hmm. non-event. But that's not necessarily the case when you're bringing somebody in who needs to learn the role. And, um, And so I think that now that we're all back in the office again, we'll be able to, you know, it's, it's, one of the things that we've learned from it, I think, is that we need, when we hire new people, they need to be trained in person. <laughs> and before a hybrid can be considered, at least in my line of work, it's really important for there to be um, a level of comfort that the person who is going to be working from home um, is 100% ready to be, to be flying solo, essentially, um, because it's just not as effective for a new person who is getting hung up on little things here and there and kind of spinning their wheels when if they could just turn to the person next to them and say, Hey, like, can you just take a look at this? And, you know, so that, that is, that's just really been, um, so much easier <laughs> to, to do in person. And even because we had to, even we, you know, we did try to come up with solutions for that as well. When everybody was at home, the, the chat feature that we use does have a screen sharing function. Mm-hmm. So we would definitely hop on a screen share with somebody so that I could see what they were doing and, you know, try to help them through a problem. Um, so, you know, we did the best that we could in the remote environment but it's just so much easier in person. It really is. So I guess what I'm saying is I think it depends on the situation. It depends on how well-trained everybody is. And I think 
that there is a huge benefit to being all together in an office environment when people are still on the learning curve. Um, but maybe for after that, if there could be some sort of a rotation so that, you know, people who are a hundred percent trained up, you know, maybe can have some flexibility um, and, and do sort of a plan. Um, yeah, I think that that would work. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think especially, you know, I, I work with, you know, kids coming out of college and starting their first job. And, you know, a lot of them started virtual, the vast majority. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that there, there's definitely benefits to having that in-person experience for that demographic where, you know, it's their first job and they just want to establish themselves and, you know, connect with their coworkers and, and managers and whatnot. And, you know, perhaps the in-office environment is more conducive to doing that. Um, you know, as, as, you know, people in later stages of the career, um, that might not be as much of an issue um, or a concern um, or priority. So, yeah, I think a lot depends on where, where people are in their career um, to sort of determine what their preferences are as far as in office or, or uh, virtual. Um, you know, I think, and just to add to what you said, I think just getting in crafting a, a work policy, I think just getting everyone's input. I think that's really important. So have, everyone feels like they have a voice. Mm. Um, you know, whether the final decision, you know, reflects everyone's voice or not <laughs> is maybe another story. But at least to get everyone's input into, you know, what, how they feel, what their, get their ideas. Like what, mm -hmm. what ideas do you have that will work for, you know, the organization, but also the clients, the students, whoever they might be. So, um, and also to be agile, be flexible in, you know, cause the world is changing every day, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so to yeah. be agile and flexible, to maybe try, you know, whatever policy is crafted doesn't have to be set in stone. It can be experiment. It can be an experiment, and then see. Try it for a couple months, see how it's working, and then tweak it, make adjustments if you need to, and you know, see. Uh, just kind of be just you know very cognizant of what's going on, not only within the organization but in the world in general with uh, mm -hmm. developments in COVID and that sort of thing. So. Um, as a final question, um, so this is one of my favorite questions to ask. What is the one thing that you have been wanting to do or one place you really wanted to go but haven't been able to because of lockdown or quarantine, the pandemic, uh, but now that things are sort of easing up, where's one place you wanna go or one thing you wanna do 
kind of going forward. Wow, well, yeah, <laughs> that was such a that's a hard decision to know because <laughs> <laughs> there's so much pent up, you know, desire to to just travel in general. Um, it's hard to say what the one place would be, but for me, it's usually San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, I years I've been going back for Fleet Week which is the first weekend in October, it's the best time to go to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't seen my friends there in a few years. And um, yeah, would really, I would love to just see everyone and just to be on a plane again, <laughs> would, would, would I feel like, you know, that's going to feel really good. So um, yeah, yeah, I would say probably San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. I, it's one of my favorite cities. So, but Robbie and I were on a plane. We went up to Maine. Um, I guess. Oh wow! Was, like recently. Yeah, I guess a couple of weeks ago now. Um, okay. So a short little hop. It's like an hour and fifteen each way. Um, just to get our feet wet again with with flying, and you know, it was fine. Of course, we were all masked up the whole time, and. No, nobody caused any trouble on the plane or anything like that. There was no air rage or anything like that. So, um, and we did a little bit of indoor dining, um, which was weird, but, you know, um, but if naturally it's going to be weird because you, well, for us, we haven't done it in 15 months. Yeah. So, yeah, I think just getting, getting on a plane and doing indoor dining, like, things we took for granted before are just going <laughs> to look look a little different, at least initially, or feel a little different. Um, but I think one, one pl- I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards less populated destinations hmm. for, you know, kind of, I don't know, I've had Norway on my brain for some reason because I see pictures and videos online of just wide open spaces and, you know, the fjords and, and all of that. So I just feel like, you know, we've done the, the big cities and which was great. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, and that's for me, one of those mind shifts is maybe now, you know, exploring some of those smaller towns and, just driving cross country somewhere. When Robbie hears this, he's not going to be uh, happy to hear. <laughs> he's, he's not into road trips, but you know, we, we all have to make sacrifices. <laughs> right. Well, as someone who did uh, the road trip across the country, I will say there are so many uh, wonderful towns to see mm-hmm. in America. Um, okay. Yeah, it's that was that I wouldn't trade that trip for anything. It was really like the best year of my life. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I remember yeah. when you did that and you and you documented the whole thing online. It was really just so neat. Great. And as far as you know, speaking of remote places and um, you know, small towns, I mean, yeah, it's there is so much um, beauty to see in mm-hmm. the middle of the country. Um, yep. as just a whole lot of nothing, <laughs> but right. it's beautiful. It really is. Yeah. yeah. I highly recommend um, Canyonlands National Park and Badlands. Oh, what was the first one? 
Canyonlands. Oh, where's that? Yeah, um, Utah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, send me some. Do you have photos? <laughs> I'm sure I do. Okay. Somewhere. <laughs> I can cool. pick some up. I will. Awesome. Well, thank you, Beth. I really appreciate you spending some time with me today and kind of, you know, talking about what a lot of people are thinking about and going through right now and just sort of the transition between pandemic life and post-pandemic life and just, you know, the uncertainty that still exists, right? So mm-hmm. um, hopefully uh, the listeners got something of value of, you know, from this conversation that they can take with them to use in their own lives. Um, but again, thank you so much. It was really great to be with you today and um, share some thoughts and, uh, and of course to reminisce, which is one of my favorite things to do with you because we always end up laughing hysterically by the, <laughs> by the end of the conversation. So we have a lot of funny stories to share. So, um, so to wrap up, um, well, thank you so much, Joe. Before you wrap it up, just oh, yeah, again. it was really a pleasure. This was really fun. Thank you. Oh, good. Yeah, no, and I hope we can continue the conversation in the near future. Um, and to all of you out there, thanks for listening to this episode of the Career Optimum podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, and be sure to subscribe and check out my blog at careeroptimum.com and my Instagram page at instagram.com slash career optimum. And um, until next time, I hope you will all be well. And thanks again for stopping by.